you walk into an art museum and you stumble into the section that says modern art. You walk in and you see distorted figures, splashes of paint on a canvas. You step back and attempt to look pensive, nod your head to the side, and you think to yourself, Good God, my child could do this. What is this trash? And you walk along and you see a painting of a Campbell suit can, a painting of a pipe, a painting that looks like it's just dark black on top of lighter black. What in the world is this? And you shake your head and you walk out. Well, it's perfectly understandable. Modern art can be confusing and frustrating, but like anything else in life there is discovery and truth in context I can't think of a narrower niche of faith than people who teach about art or curators of art who are followers of Jesus Christ and they are connected with modern art or modern art museums. The conception is modern art is anathema to faith, to order, to tradition, to God. In a sense, that is true, but the power comes from unpacking and uncovering those layers and to listen to the artists that are communicating these modern cultural artifacts of the late 19th and 20th century and even up to our present day. The best guide in that direction is a man named David excuse me, Daniel A. Sedell. It's spelled S-I-E-D-E-L-L. David Sedell has written a book called Who's Afraid of Modern Art? Essays on Modern Art and Theology in Conversation. And he is a professing Christian He teaches at King's College in the area of modern art in New York City. And Sedell takes his guide from Paul's preaching in the Aerogopagus in Acts 17, where Paul is looking around and he says to the culture at hand, I see you have a lot of images to people and things that you hold dear and I want to draw your attention to 
one particular image that you have, the, the statue to an unknown God, and then he goes on and uses that statue of an unknown God to talk about faith. And Seidel's point is that when we look at modern art, we shouldn't run away from it, but we should have, as Christians, a place in the arena of ideas and in conversation. Seidel, again, said he takes his lead from Paul's discourse in Acts 17. And he orients his own criticism in terms of altars to the unknown God are strewn with the historical landscape of modern and contemporary art. They are often remarkably beautiful, compelling, and powerful, but they have been too often ignored or condemned out of hand. Seidel is telling us not to condemn these messages out of hand, but we need to choose the way of St. Paul to consider the cultural artifacts of our present day and to reveal and illuminate their insights into what they are able to point to we should be able to examine and celebrate and with our listening ear offer a Christian response to what the artist is attempting to teach us. For we see in the modern art, particularly of the 20th century, it wrestles with secular society. If you look at modern art, it doesn't completely set aside faith, but faith is looked upon as a very, very fragile belief. Modern art communicates in a general way opposition to norms and traditions the pendulum has has swung from the 19th century which a lot of the images images are what we would refer to as beautiful easy to understand and interpret and they are escapist according to the modern artist of the privileged class Now, how did this happen? When you go in and you see these disfigured figures and you, and you close your eyes and you think of a Picasso, here's their point. In the 20th century, in our modern age, along with the great progress that we have seen in the 20th century that many call the American century alongside this progress were world wars death camps genocide 
pain unimaginable in the 20th century. It is estimated that 180 to 220 million human beings were killed in wars. World War II, 75 million. And particularly World War I had a tremendous impact in the rise of modern art and their interpretations of confusion and disillusionment and nihilism. For you see in the Great War, World War I, where 40 million human beings had lost their lives. Take out a map sometimes. Look at the major players, not those on the side and the periphery, but what are what countries are the major players, were the major players in World War I? Most, if not all, would describe themselves as a Christian nation. And so these artists, after seeing all of this suffering, began to respond to this suffering. The talk just didn't match the walk. And so there was a feeling of great disillusionment. The pendulum has swung back against what we would see as common norms Orthodox Christian faith. And so what modern art does is that it isn't about heroes that challenge us or relaxing scenes with happy trees, as David Sedell says, and quaint cottages to comfort us. They are outrageous images that entertain and scandalize from the artist's world view. It pushes against our expectation and assumption. Now, if you scroll down, you will see a link to a painting back in 2011. It's not a very large painting. It was sold for a cool $120 million. It is familiar. It is called The Scream by Edvard Monk. The last name is spelled M-U-N-H. Edvard said that his art mostly comes from pain. And his art is a confrontation with death and the pain of loss. In fact, Sedell says one of the pictures on displays at the Museum of Modern Art is a lithograph of his sister on her deathbed. Monk re- 
counted that his sister, in a burst of energy, rose from her bed to sit in a chair where she died. Monk kept that chair with him for the rest of his life, and when he died, it was in his studio. Take a look at the scream. The scream appears at first glance to be deaf and mute. Monk remembers when he walked out next to a river and he took a left and walked down a pier and as he stood on the pier, he felt in his soul a huge, endless scream course through nature. The scream was an attempt to externalize the fear that plagued him, the fear that no one could hear him scream that was coursed through nature and through his veins and his alone. The scream is the sound of our response to nature's brute silence and indifference. If you look at the scream, you'll notice in the mid-background, two figures just walking and not turning around because they don't hear the scream. The scream, Sadell says, can be heard as a lament by those who believe a promise that there is a day after a hope that there will come a time when all our tears will be wiped away. Like all paintings, modern or otherwise, it yearns for a viewer who confesses all things were created through him and for him. In other words, we take the message of what was written by the artist who created the scream, Edvard Monk. And we take his words seriously and we don't dismiss. Just as Paul looked across the Greek culture and saw their cultural artifacts he tried his best to discover some sort of commonality some sort of bridge that he could communicate faith and of course the door is open wide from our christian perspective of communicating with those who because of their situation in life, and the reality of life, which is suffering and loss and pain. And when God is removed from the equation, the bleakest part of humanity 
is screaming on a pier on the inside and outwardly, and nobody hears your cry. And so Sadell suggests that a Christian response to this would be the scream is reality. That life is not a beautiful painting, a beautiful picture. It is full of loss and pain and screams. But from our Christian perspective, the scream is not the last image in our story. And through a God who loves us, the God who created nature, who came in the person of Jesus Christ, that you are not alone in your screams, and the screams do not have the last word. So what we'll, we'll do on this journey is that with each of these podcasts, if you could scroll down and there'll be a link to the image that we'll be talking about. And I hope it'll give you a little bit of insight and appreciation for the cultural artifacts that were created during your lifetime and to give you some insight on where the modern artist is coming from and to not lean into condemnation, but offer a listening ear before developing a response. Thank you for your time, and I'll look forward to being with you again soon.